Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the Word of God, the book of Psalm, Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Then looking in the Gospel of John, John chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Just today, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So, so Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk where you, wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This is he, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had been reading, the one who had been reclining at table close to him and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now there, now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose the I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Verses 1 through 25, John chapter 21. Lord, thank you for your word, the power of your word, the grace upon your word. Father, thank you for the privilege of being students of your word. Anoint us all afresh with the spirit of grace that would cause us to fall in love more and more with you and your word and empower us to be much more diligent, faithful readers, studiers, and consumers of your word in, in the Thus, the fellowship and walking in the fellowship that comes with staying in your word. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments. And uh, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have, Father. I ask that you would speak through Pastor Joseph this morning, that uh, you would move powerfully through the scriptures, that we would uh, hear more about you and that we would learn more about your character and that we could grow more in uh, pursuing you and in pursuing your love, Father. Thank you so much for moving first and coming to us first. And thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to respond. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Uh, before we get to reading through the word this morning, I want to share an article that we have on the, uh, we've placed on the AFA stand some time back. An article, uh, and of course, this is an article that you're welcome to email us, joseph at afr.net, if you'd like to get a copy. The title of the article is God's Word, The Answer to Everything. Again, the title, God's Word, The Answer to Everything. Who decides what is right and what is wrong? The government, men, women, white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, wise people, rich people, the majority, the minority. Who? Who decides what is true and what is not true? Would it be any of the above mission mentioned people? What do you think? Well, does truth vary from one person to another? Does it vary from one group of people to another? Is it relative to the situation and the group involved? Truth is not relative. Truth is God. Truth is Jesus Christ. Truth flows from the mind and the heart of God. And truth does not change. Truth is what it is. Truth is right and good and fruitful. Truth is good for us. Truth sets people free. The Word of God is truth. It teaches us what is right and what is wrong. It teaches us what is good and what is evil. 
It teaches us about reality. It teaches us about life, people, and human nature. The Word of God teaches us and helps us understand the laws of nature, the laws of the universe, what is correct and what is false. The Word of God is our instruction manual for life. When people or governments or societies try to ignore God and the Word of God, they get into trouble. When men and governments avoid the wisdom of God's Word and try to make up their own rules, it will lead to disaster 100% of the time. We as human beings often think we know what is good for us, what is in our best interest, and what will make us quote-unquote happy. Often we think often we think that behavior that we want to carry out, though it may go against the Word of God and the wisdom of God, should be okay. Behavior that goes against, that goes against and violates God's Word is sin. And the truth is that sin, sooner or later, will lead to death. The Word of God is good for you. The Word, of God is good. the Word of God is good for your marriage. It's good for your family. It's good for your children. It's good for you physically, mentally, spiritually, etc. The Word of God is full of grace and truth. The Word of God is anointed. God's Word is pregnant with the ability to bless us. So because God's Word is all of this, we must be very serious about reading and meditating on and studying God's Word. God's Word has wisdom, counsel, and insight. In direct, state, in direct statement or in principle about everything, every situation, every matter. When we look at the major issues of our day, what does the Bible have to say about some of these matters? Does it give us guidance, direction, and understanding about how we are to see, understand, and address these issues? Yes, it does. Again, in either direct statement or in principle, God's Word speaks to everything. So if you want answers to the issues of life, look to the Word of God. What are some of those answers? Well, here are a few. What does the Bible say about abortion and taking the life of innocent babies in the womb? What does it say about the shooting of people in public places, the incidents that have been so prevalent in the news? What does it say about selling body parts of babies? The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, you shall not murder. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do, the, do to them likewise, Luke 6, 31. What does the Bible say about sex and sexuality? You shall not commit adultery. Exodus 20, 14, uh, in, excuse me, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. Uh, Hebrews 13, 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. It also tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Basically, the Word of God lets us know that sex is for a married man and woman, and no one else. What does the Word of God say about taking the property of other people? It says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, You shall not steal. And just, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do, the, do likewise to them. Luke 6.31. Of course, there are many other topics and issues anyone could look at and find out what the Word of God has to say about them. But basically, there's simply a great need for us to read the Word of God and listen to its wisdom and counsel. Once again, we should be mindful that in direct statement or principle, God's Word speaks to every issue, every topic, and every concern in life. We are wise to make a habit of reading the Word of God daily, reading at least three chapters or more, a day is a good spiritual, quote-unquote, diet to help us grow in our understanding of God's Word consistently. 
And the fact is, we need to be faithful students of God's Word. It's a guidebook for life, and it's a source of spiritual nourishment that we desperately need every day of our lives. Equip yourself daily by spending time reading and meditating on God's Word again every day. Parents, help to equip your children daily by having them read the Word of God aloud to you every day. Encourage others you know to make it a habit of spending time reading God's Word every day. Nothing will prepare and equip you better for the challenge and issues of life than the Word of God. Again, the title of that this article is God's Word, the Answer to Everything. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Again, the title, God's Word, the Answer to Everything. Lord, thank you for the wonderful gift, the powerful gift, the mighty gift of your Word. Thank you for how that your Word is, amongst other, thing, other things, your Word is the breath of life. It's the grace of God. It's the power of God. And thank you for how that it, as we take time to spend time with you one-on-one in your Word, you touch us, you bless us, you empower us, you equip us to be well-equipped warriors who know how to step out on the, out on the battlefield of life and be victorious. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that your word is the sword of the Spirit, the most powerful weapon in the universe. Help us to be wise enough to equip ourselves with your precious and powerful word every day. Help us to be wise enough to put on the full armor of God every day as we put on your word and put it to good use and help us to walk in its wisdom and grace faithfully every single day. Thank you for us and every believer listening today. Bless each and every one of us indeed. Expand each of our territories. Cause your hand to be mightily upon each one of us. Keep each one of us from evil that we may not cause pain in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, for the prayer lives of each and every one of us and all those that are part of our listening family. Bless each and every one, every one of our prayer lives as well indeed. Expand their territories. Cause your hand to be mightily upon them. Keep them from evil that they may not cause pain. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We'll be right back with Reading Through the Word of God. We'll be back. Planet Shakers with only way, a reminder that Jesus Christ is the only way to 
eternal life and salvation. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We now move forward reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And David grew stronger and stronger, while the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. And sons were born to David at Hebron. His firstborn was Amnon of Ahinoam of Jezreel, and his second, Chiliab of Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel, and the third, Absalom, the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Jeshur, and the fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, and the fifth, Shephatiah, the son of Abital, and the sixth, Ithriam of Eglah, David's wife. These were born to David in Hebron. While there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner was making himself strong in the house of Saul. Now Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aah. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? Then Abner was very angry over the words of Ishbosheth and said, Am I a dog's head of Judah? To this day, I keep showing steadfast love to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not given you into the hand of David. And yet you charge me today with a fault concerning a woman. God do so to Abner and more also, if I do not accomplish for David what the Lord has sworn to him, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan to Beersheba. And Ishbosheth could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. And Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf, saying, To whom does the land belong? Make your covenant with me, and behold, my hand shall be with you to bring over all Israel, excuse me, to whom does the Lord, excuse me, to whom does the land belong? Make a covenant with me, and behold, my hand shall be with you to bring over all Israel to you. And he said, Good, I will make a covenant with you, but one thing I require of you, that is, you shall not see my face unless you first bring Michal, Saul's daughter, when you, when you come to see my face. Then David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Give me my wife Michal, for whom I paid the bridal price of a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And Ishbosheth and Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband Paltiel, the son of Laish. But her husband went with her, weeping after her all the way to Bahurim. Then Abner said to him, Go, return. And he returned. And Abner conferred with the elders of Israel, saying, For some time past you have been seeking David as king over you. Now then, bring it about, for the Lord has promised David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Abner also spoke to Benjamin, 
And then Abner went to tell David at Hebron all that Israel and the whole house of Benjamin thought good to do. When Abner came with twenty men to David at Hebron, David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. And Abner said to David, I will arise and go and will gather all Israel to my lord the king, that they may make a covenant with you, and that you may reign over all that your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Just then the servants of David arrived with Joab from a raid, bringing much spoil with them. But Abner was not with David at Hebron, for he had sent him away, and he had gone in peace. Then Joab and all the army that was with him came. Excuse me. When Joab and all the army that was with him came, it was told Joab, Abner the son of Ner came to the king, and he has let him go, and he has gone in peace. Then Joab went to the king and said, What have you done? Behold, Abner came to you. Why is it that you have sent him away so that he is gone? You know that Abner the son of Ner came to deceive you and to know you're going out and you're coming in and to know all that you were doing. When Joab came out from David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner and they brought him back from the cistern of Sirah. But David did not know about it. And when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside into the midst of the gate to speak with him privately. And there he struck him in the stomach so that he died for the blood of Asahel, his brother. Afterward, when David heard of it, he said, I and my kingdom are forever guiltless before the Lord for the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. May it fall upon the head of Joab and upon all his father's house. And may the house of Joab never be without one who has a discharge or who is leprous or who holds a spindle or who, fe- or who falls by the sword or who lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because he had put their brother Asahel to death in the battle at Gibeon. Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And King David followed the bier. They buried Abner at Hebron, and the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner, at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king lamented for Abner, saying, Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. As one who fails before the wicked, you have fallen. And all the people wept again over him. Then all the people came to persuade David to eat bread while it was yet day. But David swore, saying, God do so to me, and more also, if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. And all the people took notice of it, and it pleased them, as everything that the king did pleased all the people. So all the people and all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's will to put to death Abner the son of Ner. And the king said to his servants, Do you not know that a prince 
and a great man has fallen this day in Israel. And I was gentle today, though anointed king. These men, the sons of Zeruiah, are more severe than I. The Lord repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. 2 Samuel chapter 4 When Ishbosheth, Saul's son, heard that Abner had died at Hebron, his courage failed, and all Israel was dismayed. Now Saul's son had two men, excuse me, now Saul's son had two men who were captains of raiding bands. The name of the one was Baanah, and the name of the other, Rechab, sons of Rimon, a man of Benjamin from Beeroth. For Beeroth also is counted part of Benjamin. The the Beerothites fled to Gitaim and have been sojourners there to this day. Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came to Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And as she fled in her haste, she fell and became... Excuse me. And as she fled in her haste, he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. Now the sons of Rimmon and... Excuse me. Now the sons of Rimmon, the Beerothite, Rechab and Baanah, set out, and about the heat of the day they came to the house of Ishbosheth, as he was taking his noonday rest. And they came into the midst of the house as if they were as if to get wheat, and they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and Baanah, his brother, escaped. When they came into the house, as he lay on his bed in his bedroom, they struck him and put him to death and beheaded him. They took his head and went by way of the Arabah all night and brought the head of Ishbosheth to David at Hebron. And they said to the king, Here is the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, your enemy, who sought your life. The Lord has avenged my lord the king this day on Saul and on his offspring. But David answered Rechab and Baanah, his brother, the sons of Rimmon, the Beerothite, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life out of every adversity. When one told me, Behold, Saul is dead, and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and killed him at Ziklag, which was the reward I gave him for his, for his news. How much more, when wicked men have killed a righteous man in his own house, on his bed, shall I not now require his blood at your hand and destroy you from the earth? And David commanded his young men, and they killed them and cut off their hands and feet and hanged them beside the pool at Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in the tomb of Abner at Hebron. 2 Samuel chapter 5 Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be shepherd of my people Israel. And you shall be prince over Israel. 
So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and at Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off. Thinking David, thinking, David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. And David said on that day, Whoever would strike the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul. Therefore it is said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built the city all around from Milo inward. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David, and and cedar trees, also carpenters and masons who built David a house. And David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he had, excuse me, after he came from Hebron. And more sons and daughters were born to David. And these are the names of those who were born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon. Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Jephiah, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down in the stronghold, and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has burst through my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Verses 1 to 19, 2 Samuel chapter 5. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we've been reading through the Word of God. We'll be back. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk 
by your side I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine I can only imagine When that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do Is forever Forever worship you I can only imagine, yeah. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Sing hallelujah Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine Yeah I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in To my knees will I fall Will I sing Hallelujah Will I be able to speak at all I can only Music of Mercy Me with I Can Only Imagine. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the New Testament. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 beginning at verse 2. Excuse me, chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 starting at verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age, of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, 
For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. Well, that while, excuse me, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Upon it, Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple? and that God's Spirit dwells in you? 
If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For for it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. 1 Corinthians chapters, end of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You're listening to the Hour of Intercessions. We've been reading through the Word of God. Thank you again, Father, for your Word. Thank you for the power and the grace that rests upon your Word. And thank you for the anointing that rests upon your Word as well. Thank you for the privilege and honor we have of being able to read your Word each and every day. Father, more and more teach us as the church to recognize that your Word is the key to everything. Help us to never get so busy that we just don't make time for your word. Help us to know, Lord, that as we're reading your word, as we're meditating on your word, we're spending time in your presence. And Lord, help us to grow an understanding of the fact that your word is the greatest power in all of life and in all of the universe. Help us to be wise enough to fill our lives, our hearts, our understanding every day to read your word, to meditate on your word, and to think on your word. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to read it daily, but thank you for the opportunity we have as families to be able to bring our families together to read your word. And Lord, help thank you for us as parents in particular. Thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to daily make time to sit and let our children read your word. Lord, I pray for every parent, every grandparent listening, and every believer that works with young people. Lord, Do a work in your church to open our eyes to the fact that we we desperately need to be diligent about helping our children to fill their hearts and their minds with your word. Help us to be mindful, Lord, of the fact that we're to be a people that fill our lives with your word and view the fact that your word is the key to everything. Lord, though we live in a, a world that's busy and a life that seems to be so busy and so full, help us to be wise as we see at work in the story between Martha and Mary, in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, we see Mary and Martha, who are sisters who love you, both of them love you, but one was wise enough, Mary was wise enough to sit at your feet and listen and learn. Lord, help us to understand that you call every one of us to live a lifestyle of sitting at your feet, listening to your word, communing with you, drawing closer to you, and becoming more and more like you. Help us to know, Lord, that we live in a world where lots of people are like Martha, busy doing this and that, but you clearly let it be known in that passage that Mary is doing the wiser thing. And Lord, help us to be mindful, Lord, that again, this is the calling for the church all over the world, to be believers that make it a high priority to sit in your presence, to sit at your feet, to listen, to learn, to commune with you, to bask in your presence. 
to be empowered by your spirit, to be the vessels and the ambassadors for your kingdom that you've called us to be. Help us to know, Lord, the hour is late. And it's so important that every one of us as believers are about your business. Help us to maximize the time we have. Help us to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Help us to know, Lord, that in the economy of time, every day is important. Help us to live on fire of of the fire of your Holy Spirit every day. Help us to live so that our words, our actions, our attitude are burning with the fire of your Holy Spirit so that our every word, our every action, our every deed is full of your Spirit, on fire with your Spirit, and that we are setting fires of the Holy Spirit everywhere we go. Thank you for that privilege, that opportunity, that responsibility you've called each and every one of us to. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession, as we usually do before we end the broadcast. If you are listening today and you have never made the eternally important decision of asking Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, today is a great day, a good day to fully commit your life and your whole heart to the Lord. Would you, from your heart, pray this prayer with me now and fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord? Lord Jesus, Thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent. And I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong and put down deep roots in your new found faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please do get in touch with us so that we can share these with you, begin and to be in touch with you again, joseph at afr.net. Also, if you'd like to get a copy of the article we shared earlier in the broadcast, God's Word, The Answer to Everything, same email to get the article. Again, the title, God's Word, The Answer to Everything. Simply email us, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.